I'm not surprised, motherfuckers. <laughs> What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to the Quartet Sunday Podcast. Once again, I'm Josh Shumanoff. As always, welcome by the one and only man of the hour, too sweet to be sour, future Jiu-Jitsu world champion, Angel Ortega. we got a lot of stuff to talk about this week. It is UFC 292 Fight Week, ladies and gentlemen. However, we do have a lot of other stuff to discuss as well. Before we break into the action, we're brought to you by two fantastic sponsors of the show, Rogue Energy and Elixir. Rogue Energy, keep me fueled up, keep me going throughout my day. They can help you as well with code SOUNDOFF at checkout for 10% off. Again, RogueEnergy.com, code SOUNDOFF for 10% off. On the opposite end, Elixir.com, Delta 8, 9, 10, HSA products, code SOUNDOFF at checkout once again for 10% off of them. Look at you really, really high. They'll keep you calm and let you have a fun night, man. And that's all That's all we're really looking for at the end of the day, all right? But uh, anyways, man, uh, last Saturday night from the UC Apex, Las Vegas, Nevada, Brazilians in the main event, admittedly going into this one, there were a lot of questions about Vicente Luque. Obviously missed a year, uh, had a literal brain bleed, and was forced to take off a year due to a you know knockout loss to Jeff Neal. Ended on a two-fight losing streak, facing a legend in RDA. He's older, he's more of a 155-pounder. We still had a lot of questions. He did answer a lot of those questions. Ended up getting a unanimous decision win, 48-47, 48-47, 49-46 were the cards. First of all, man, uh, admittedly, it wasn't the most entertaining fight. A lot of this is in the clinch. A lot of this is uh, up against the cage. A lot of wrestling involved. What do you think of the scorecard, man? What do you think of Vicente Luque uh, returning to the win column at UC Vegas uh, seven eight? And you are muted. <laughs> you know, I always it, – it's funny. I haven't done that forever. I've been pretty on top of it. By the way, I always get, like, right into it as soon as you tell me to go. And it's just – it's the most heartbreaking thing. <laughs> Regardless, though, <laughs> um, I mean, look, I picked him to win. Obviously, it wasn't necessarily – it didn't go – like, the fight didn't play out like I thought it would. But granted, how you, uh, like, you never know what's going to happen with these guys, right? I will say it did seem a bit, uh, you know, gun-shy. Didn't want to get maybe into too much into the crazy exchanges. It being him who ended up wrestling quite a bit himself. Granted, though, I mean, RDA was also engaging it in. And you heard his corner say it multiple times. It's like, throw. You, you need to throw. Throw something. He's – it's giving you reactions. You need to, you need, you know, try to quit trying to go for these takedowns and, and throw a little bit because he's kind of, uh, reacting, you know, giving you, you know, uh, he's flinching to it. You know, he's, he, he's giving you a reaction, you know, mm-hmm. but, uh, he ended up kind of sticking to his game plan and that's, uh, what he wanted to do and, and ended up being kind of his, I'd, I'd say in a way kind of his downfall. Not, not fully right because he did kind of get out muscled in certain situations and all that, but, like we mentioned, you know, RDA's uh, better weight class was 155 and not 170, and he's older at this point. And he's fighting a guy who is a definitely a true 170 gear. But uh, for Luca, I mean, it's probably the best outcome he wanted, right? Obviously, not getting knocked out, not having another scary moment, getting the win. Uh, you know, not not the most exciting incentive Luca fight for him because obviously we we tend to always see him go out there and, and be a dog and get into these uh, these back and forth uh, slinging matches, right? Where he's just letting it loose. But it was good to see him, and I don't even know if you know this, Josh, but like right afterwards, he was like instantly transported to the hospital. The UFC uh, made this happen, I'm sure, because obviously the you know the previous fight and the brain bleeding and all that. Yeah. Uh, but I'm curious to see how he looks in his in his next fight and see if he kind of goes a little bit more back into his old ways and maybe we see more of that uh highlight kind of crazy guy. But hey, man, in the end, he got the win, and it 
And this honestly was probably the right fight in his return. Because I had mentioned last week where I was like, this was never a matchup that I ever even thought about. And I didn't even think about his return match too much. And granted, because until the like maybe two or three weeks prior, I didn't even know he had the brain bleed happen. Or at least I didn't remember or didn't maybe didn't remember it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, so the brain, the brain bleed stuff didn't even really like, if I remember correctly, that news didn't even break until like a month ago. Like, like we just had, we had no idea how badly he got fucked up. But yeah, I mean, um, it's a lot, a lot you went in over there. So yeah, I mean, they, they probably just did as like a precaution. Cause from my, from my knowledge, he's completely fine. And, um, he didn't really take much damage in that one, man. Um, in, in regards to the win, I'm not that shocked about it. I think, like you mentioned, this is a look at, is a legitimate welterweight and RDA is kind of doing side quests. You know what I mean? Like for, for <laughs> lack of a better. I mean, it's true. I mean, for lack of a better term, I mean, RDA is jumping around 155, 170. Fucking, if there's a middleweight fight that excites him, we'll probably see him there at one point, too. Like, he straight up said, like, you know, I'm on the last contract with the UFC. I've got, like, five, six fights. I'm just going to have fun with it. You know what I mean? So, um, How many fights do you think he has left now? I mean, or how long ago did he say that? Do you, do you know? Probably, like, a fighter. He said that, like, two fights ago. So, I want to say he's like, five fights left. Uh, but, maybe, um, maybe three or four, who knows, right? Yeah, Depends but regardless, Simon's limited, for sure. Um, so for Luke to go out there and get that win, it was a big one. Admittedly, like, looking at uh, the, the MMA decisions, some people did think uh, DeSanios is over the nod. Um, what, do you, what did you think of the, the actual scorecards themselves? <laughs> I do not agree with that at all. You don't agree with that at all? You thought it was a clear Luke win? I mean, it was, like, there was, like, relatively cl- Like, I could see where you could make it close, but I don't think you would... Uh, pick Luke, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah, the fight was just kind of meh, you know? Um, In comparison to the rest of the card. For sure. For sure. It was just a bit of a slog. Um, and for, for RDA, this is just kind of a bad matchup for him. Looking, Because, like, it's clear that RDA, I don't know if he doesn't feel comfortable in the striking with Luke, or if he doesn't feel comfortable in the striking at all, because, like, he's been more of a grappling heavy guy for the last couple of years now. And he just couldn't muscle Luke down, dude. I mean, you could tell the size difference was there. Uh, for Luke, big win. Uh, any any names on the top of your head you want to see him fight next? I mean, he still is only 31. I mean, big win back to the rankings. I mean, any any person you want to see him fight next? Oh man, let me let me look at the let me look up the rankings right now. I'm loading up the UFC website. We're we're loading up the UFC website. We're looking at the power slap rankings. Yeah. We're making well, our way through. What's, what's this guy's name? Razorblade? No, I was kidding. <laughs> Wolverine or some Wolverine. shit. Wolverine or some shit. By the way, I've been grinding the Power Slap game. I hate to admit it, but I'll say it right now. I have been grinding the Power Slap game. Are you serious? Yeah, something. This is This honest. is like... This is, this is like, like fucking Santa isn't real, dude. Like the guy I've been yeah. doing. I'm being, being completely a podcast. I, like, I could be, I could be super, dude. My character's upgraded. It has better. I can literally send you a screenshot afterwards. I am, I have shamelessly played the Power Slide game regularly. The past. hilarious. Yeah, so disappointing. Man, I, let me see. There's no one like I'm a super big fan of right now. I mean, I would have said Neil Magny, but obviously Neil Magny's fighting this week. Um, maybe Kevin Holland. If Kevin Holland decides to stick around. Wonder Boy is an interesting one to me. He won't fight Gilbert Burns because obviously they're training partners. I mean, there's not too many guys of Vincente Luca could fight at this time. I mean, Sean Brady's there, but I don't even know. Well, I mean, I guess maybe Sean Brady actually isn't a bad matchup. He's, he's had an injury recently. He's coming off his first defeat. Luca just came back from this uh, brain bleed situation. He got a win. And then, you know, I, I don't think that maybe, I think that'd be a pretty decent one. Um, 
Maybe he ends up fighting Ian Gary if Ian Gary comes out on his, wins this next fight. I just don't feel like there's too many options for him at this time that are very good or make sense for the division. Because mm-hmm. when you look above him, it's guys like Jeff Neal, who he lost to, uh, Shocklock, Rukmadov, Gilbert Burns, who's a training barrier. Chamayev is still ranked at welterweight at four. Bilal Muhammad, who's right there for the title. Kobe Covington, who's fighting for the title. And Kamaru, who's not going to fight anybody, probably super low. So he's in a weird spot where he kind of has to like rebuild with these guys who are on the lower end with him, or maybe potentially on the come up like maybe a Jack Malena who I didn't mention. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there there's a couple of good options for him. I think Jack Malena, like you mentioned, he's got both Kevin Holland. That that'd be a fun one potentially. Uh, Ian Gary can get through Neil Mandy, or even the winner or loser of that fight. I think would make sense. Um, in re- we'll probably just see him fight Colby Covington or something, and if Colby wins a good title shot or some shit, you know, you know how it is. Could, could you imagine <laughs> Colby Covington? You know how it is, a Walter Wade man. Um, maybe, maybe Wonder Boy. Maybe. I mean, maybe they maybe, already I'm, fought, but that was like four or five years ago at this point. I mean, shit, dude. I mean, it's not like he hasn't fought like pretty much everybody in his division at one That's point true. in time. You know what I mean? I mean, shit, he bought for Muhammad and he bought him for the second time like a, yeah. a year or two ago. Yeah, nonetheless, we will see, we'll see how it goes, man. There's a lot of good options. Uh, hopefully they, you know, they, they make a fun fight with Luke next for RDA. I mean, I don't know what else you can say. I mean, he's a legend. He's winding his career down. He's a nice guy for not, you know, punching Luke in the head after learning about the brain bleed. Uh, <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, we'll see, we'll see where he goes. Uh, <laughs> he was holding back, right? That's what, that's what prevented Exactly. Him. He was such a nice guy. He, Hardy, Rafael Basanios learned about the brain bleed and just chose not to punch. The Tate on Saturday, you know? He didn't, he didn't want to do it, man. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyways, man, co-main event, controversial. Killer Cub Swanson returning to featherweight, picks up a unanimous decision win. Again, unanimous over Hakeem Dawoodoo. I'd say most people thought this was not even a, uh, a controversial. I think most people just thought it was a clear Dawoodoo win. What did you think about the scoring on uh, on this one, man? Well, Josh, I was on the opposite. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I thought Killer Cub won thirty twenty six. <laughs> right? This fucker ten seven Democrat. No. No, I mean I thought Hakeem Dow would do one and look, it's it's not like the fight wasn't close, right? But at the same time I didn't I like the fight ended and I was like, alright, it's relatively close fight. I'm pretty I think Hakeem Dow would one. I thought he won, right? And then the scorecards get red and I'm in shock, Josh. So clearly I did not agree. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah. This one was rough, dude. And even, you know, it's bad when the fighter was like, uh, okay, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, I got that one. I mean, dude, the, the, the judges, you know, felt for Killer Cub on this one and they saw his children in the crowd and were like, you know, something, we can't, we can't do this man like this right now. But n- yeah, no, this, this one was just, uh, they got this one wrong, man. And, and look, I, I, like I said, it doesn't mean the fight wasn't close, but I came down to won that fight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought he clearly won that fight, man. Um, I, I immediately, I don't know what to say about it. I mean, I thought it was Dowdu one and two pretty clearly. Um, I think. And dude, the thing is, like, if you look at the scorecard, it's like, it's not even like uh, they gave him like a close, like they didn't give him like the swing round, which I think I forgot what it was. But if you go look at it, you're kind of like, what the fuck were they looking at? You go on MMA decisions if you look at the judges' scorecard. Yeah, I mean, looking at the ju- so the the judges' scorecards. If you guys have not seen them, they it looks like one was the swing round. Well, how did 
That, yeah. Fucking Sal D'Amato give round two to Cub Swanson. Holy shit. Yeah, so round one, I guess, I guess round one was the swing round, but Sal D'Amato, who, I mean, he gave round two to, to Cub, which is mind-boggling. Jesus. Yeah, I mean, look, man, I mean, yeah, I thought it was a, a clean win for Hakeem Dawadu. I will say, as a as a Cubs Killer Cub Swanson nut hugger, as a longtime fan of Killer Cub. Damn, you were you you really put yourself out there, didn't you? <laughs> I'm a big fan of Killer. I'm, I'm hey, Cub Swanson's a fucking legend, man. I mean, his fight with um, uh, Duo Choi is probably my favorite fight ever. So yeah, I mean, I'm a little bit biased, but is yeah, it really? I'd say, yeah, I'd say so. I'd say uh, Cub Swanson versus Duo Choi used 206 is probably my favorite fight ever. Is there anything close to that? Well, I mean, there's tons. I mean, there's tons of close fights. I mean, like I'm, I have a personal personal love um, for Joanna Yo- versus Whaley that night. UFC 248, I believe, um, the, the last card before COVID. Um, and I mean, other ones, fucking uh, even uh, what is it? Julia Stolyarenko versus uh, Lisa Versosa, which we watched. Uh, we were in person for that one. That was fucking crazy. Um, there's there's a lot of close ones, man. But I would say like. And then obviously, I mean, Robbie Lawler, Carlos Condit, you know, Robbie Lawler, Roy McDonald, Nick Diaz, Takanori Gomi. Like, there's a lot of fights that are like, I can could, I could make probably like a good top ten off the top of my head. But yeah, I'd say Swanson Choi is my, is my favorite fight ever. But, uh, yeah, I mean, anyways, man, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, to kind of move back, yeah, I was, I was uh, not that upset because of that reason that Cubs Swanson got the win. But yeah, I mean, looking at the rest of the UC Vegas 78 card, man, which fights do you most want to highlight? There were some really big wins on this night. I mean, dude, look, the easiest fight to call, my lock of the week, Khalil Rauschy versus Craig Dawkins. I mean, that's probably the end of Chris Dawkins, right? Like in the UFC, unless they really like him and want to give yeah. him a second row go around at 205. I mean, he's he's taken some fucking brutal beatings, but he's also taken some brutal fights, so maybe they'll give him one more, but I would not be surprised if they cut him. Yeah, no, that one was, uh, yeah, I mean, you knew it was going to happen. Same with Marcus McGee, JP Bays, man. That was another one that hurt my soul. I was just like, fuck. And JP didn't look bad until he got hit. And he was on mm-hmm. the ground. And he was unconscious, not fully unconscious, but, at, you know, didn't know where he was, he was at. Lo- he was looking good until he wasn't looking good at all. Yeah. <laughs> You're not wrong. By the way, did you do something crazy that I saw someone mention, or I didn't yeah. even know? So Jamie Pickett probably ended his UFC run here. Finished, exits the UFC 13 and 10. Do you know what record he entered the UFC with? Like, before, not even not even before he had his first fight, just a record he entered with. The record, like coming into the UFC, making his debut officially on the UFC, not even on the Contender Series. Just, just to take a guess, he he ended his career in the UFC 13 and 10. 13 and 10, I'm going to go. I know that he lost a lot near the end. Um, he's one of those guys that got like a second contract he probably shouldn't have. I'm going to say he, he came to the UC at like, like 11 and 3. Yeah, I mean, you're I not think that he far lost off. a lot. You're, you're not that far off. He came in 10 and 4. He exits okay. 13 and 10. Yeah, he lost. Dude, I remember, he had, I thought he had a lot of potential, but he lost a lot near the end. Yeah, I, I felt the same way for him. I thought he had some, some potential too, but it just didn't end up happening. And he was one of those guys who came on the Contender Series three times. So the UFC either, like, really liked him or he had a really good agent. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's a lot of guys that do that, though, man. There's a lot of them. 
I but, know, uh, but but still, dude, it's it's shocking. He, I mean, I mean, it's and he's he's stuck around a while, and he did get a, a few wins in here, and no one of much meaning. Mm. Fuck, dude. Like, I mean, that's like not not to be like kind of uh, harsh here, but that's the end of kind of his major MMA run, right? Like, there's just, yeah, likely, likely. I mean. PFL will probably pick him up. PFL picks up just about anybody that has a has been in the UFC at one point or another. Um, but yeah, I mean, for his UFC run, you got to think that's it. I mean, that sucks. But and you know what? I, I'm gonna go ahead and say this. I think he, he I think he got a bit of a a bad rap. I mean, Kyle Dawkins, dog. Dennis Pitzelin, not a great guy, but I mean, look, he's he's you know he's got he's got heavy hands, Russian dude. And then the Bo Nickel fight, you know, he kind of got fucked in. I'm not sure. I don't think people remember that. But uh, he, the referee called it off, said that he was out cold. And Jay Pickett had been fighting the arm triangle for a minute and was not out cold. They, they called him off. They did not overrule it or anything because mm-hmm. they never do that. But, uh, yeah. Like reverse it, I mean, uh, later. He filed an appeal and nothing happened. So, yeah, I mean, I feel bad for him. And also in this fight, Josh Frum missed weight by like four pounds. I mean that that is another thing too. You're not so wrong. it's like yeah, I feel bad for him, but they did, he. I mean, too. I mean, lost a lot. Like, but, but also, who did he beat though, Josh? You know what I mean? That's a good question. Who did That's, he beat? Yeah, well, like, I literally couldn't tell you. Well, I, he head. beat Joseph Holmes. Who's Ugly famous. man, Joe. I'm a big fan of him, but he's also gone. And he, yeah, and he's you know he had a few losses in there. Loriano Strapoli. Strapoli. Italian I mean, dude. He's not bad. No, no, Argentinian. Argentinian. Oh shit, my bad. Oh yeah. fuck. It's just, just But even if even but even besides that, when he came to the UC, his first two fights were Jordan Wright and Tefone and Shikuki. So it's like you know, like there was it just you know. And then on the contender series he lost to Charles Bird in his first first time out, who Charles Bird isn't even in the UC anymore. Hasn't fought since twenty twenty. And then Ponilano Serrano, who has recently had his downs. Mm-hmm. But but it's had some tough fights too. I mean, it's just you know it just I guess it just wasn't meant to be, man. But a tough guy. Credit to him. He fought. He still has twenty three professional fights under his belt. I mean, he and he got to fight in the UFC. I mean, he he got to do something very 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 fun. Regardless, mm-hmm. just didn't end up getting the glory he probably wanted. Yeah, it happens, man. It happens. But I mean, rest of the card, man. I mean, some other fights you gotta to kind of go ahead and highlight. My girl Puliana Viana. Uh, suffering a loss, um, they did not let her wear cosplay, her Naruto cosplay, during fight week. Which completely, suffered, yeah. And then she suffered a submission loss on Saturday. I'll, I'll Angel, tell you, it was a bad week for me, personally. You know, I, I'll, I'll tell you what, though. Pollyanna Viana, if she would have lost that fight and walked out with the costume, she wouldn't have blamed it on the way to the costume. God damn. <laughs> you, I mean, hey, Angel, you can never, you can never say never, right? I mean, <laughs> Maybe that maybe her costume just weighed forty pounds and it drained her, you know? It Dude, drains you, her leg or something. Come on, Josh, these anime characters barely wear clothes. You're telling me one of these costumes is gonna weigh her down? <laughs> yeah, you're pro you're probably right. You're probably right. I've um, had I've I've seen more than enough anime in my lifetime to know that her costume is different cosplays is gonna weigh her down somehow. You're right, you're right, my bad. But uh Anyways, man. Um, yeah, that sucked to see, but I mean, big win for the, I believe, only 21 year old Eisman Lucindo out of Brazil. 
Uh, 15 and 5. Dude, she started fighting at like 14 years old. She has 20 pro fights. She's 21. She's Angel, she is younger than us. I forget she made her... uh, She was 20 when she fought Yasmin Harry. Is that not fucking crazy? She has 20 fights, and she's 21 years old. That's typical, man. That's typical. Especially for... And look, not to sound like sort of sexist here, but for a woman, that's a lot, man. Like, coming into the UFC... That is a lot. You get some girls who come in here with like... Four and two records every now and then. You know what I mean? Some stuff. I mean, like we're that. about to talk about her, Juliana Killer Miller. Like what? Three and one. Dude. Enter in the UFC. Well, look, and, and we, there's a little bit more to that. Yeah, I know it's a little bit different there, but, but she's still, did, that's still she, for a while. She did have an Amy career where she went five and zero. Oh, and I mentioned these privately before. I don't even mention yeah. it. She fought in that Liddell Ortiz card too. That was, yeah. that was her greatest card ever. And then he made she made the 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 turn to pro and she had uh, three fights where she went two and one. So it's not like she didn't have some experience under her belt. Granted, though, Amy to pro is a different story. She she was a, a she's a very good grappler and has you know competed a lot in grappling matches. And then made the transition into the Ultimate Fighter. So I don't think it was like the hard, but dude, let me say this: her UFC run has been so disappointing. Like. I, I I don't know what happened to that girl that we saw in the Ultimate Fighter. It's like the girl we saw in Tough versus the girl we had in the UFC is not even there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I don't because she's not even fighting. I feel like the same she was on Tough. Yeah. Well, that's exactly it. I said on Twitter that I think the worst thing that could have happened to her is going to end up being signed. But that's not even that's like she's not even she looks like she won. Obviously, this is me doing a lot of psychology, that, and I I know nothing about Juliana Miller. But it, it seems to me like maybe she just won tough, and, like, she's been – she almost looks like she's afraid out there, you know what I mean, to, like, do anything. And I, hmm. I, I don't, I'm not trying to be mean by saying that. I just mean, like, she's very hesitant to throw. And as a result, she's getting her fucking ass kicked. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, at least she's not getting put out or anything, but she is getting a beating put on her. Yeah. I just, yeah, it's just it's just interesting because I feel like I mean I feel like she still has potential. It's just like yeah, she's not, I mean, yeah. No, we've seen her skills on the ground. I mean, she comes to the tenth planet. She's I don't know if she's a black belt or not. I wouldn't be surprised if she is. She's a brown belt. I could be wrong, but even then, it's just there's where where is that gal we had on tough that looked so tough and willing to go out there and and, and have these banger matchups and. And, and and throw elbows from up top, you know, and, and it's just it's, it's it's missing. It's been missing, and we need it. Someone needs to go out there, and we gotta send a search party for Juliana Miller, and see if we can find. <laughs> we do. We gotta find out what, what's happening to her, man. I, I mean, I still think she's she's still young, you know, and um. But also, the matchmaking hasn't even been bad, though, Josh. Too, we can't even blame it on matchmaking. She spot Veronica Hardy, yeah. who was coming off from a long layoff. And that was her layup, dude. That, that was a layup. She was supposed to be Veronica Hardy. Yeah, and Luana Santos, which Luana was making her debut. She was coming in from LFA. I don't know a lot about her background or or much about her, but you know, she's 23. She didn't have a lot of you know like too many fights under her belt. I mean, I mean just as many as probably Juliana. I mean, they, they were on even playing field. Mm-hmm. And it just again, man, and she Luana Santos just did what she wanted in there. She threw as much as she wanted to without any fear and. She got the W. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she did. I mean, it was it was essentially is, the list. is is Juliana Miller and look, granted, it's not done, but has she had the worst post 
tough win run out of any tough competitor? Oh, Granted. no, 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 no chance. Who, who, I mean, I, I mean, I'd have to do more research, but I know there's been a couple of them over the years who came in and just gotten annihilated. She's not the only one. No, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure you're right. I mean, I'm just saying. I mean, it has to be up there, though, right? It, I mean, as of right now, it's up there because she's had two fights, and obviously, like, still ways to go. But she's had two fights and not even just lost. She hasn't been competitive for a single moment of either fight. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, but like, look, shit, man. Like we can pull up the winners of the season, I bet. Like, um, let me see. Well, I can't find them. I can't find like the list of them off the top of my head right now. But uh, oh, never mind. I can. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of guys over the years who have done just nothing. Even even recently. I heard about that too. I mean, we had Jay. Oh, man, this guy. I did, I mean, I didn't even. Yeah. Jesus. You're like, I don't even know this guy. I don't even know. I'm, I'm looking up some of the people who have, like, fought in the finals, and I just can't even – I don't even remember them fighting, man. Michael – I mean, fucking – Dude, you're, you're like, who is – Who is, like, who is Eddie Gordon? <laughs> who's, who's Brad Tate, dude? I don't remember a Brad do you, Tate. Do you know – do you remember Eddie Gordon? No. Eddie Gordon, he he knocked out Diego Lima. Then he got knocked out by R.I.P. Josh Simong. And then he got, he lost to Chris Dempsey, got choked out by Antonio Carlos Jr. He's retired and is now eight and seven. But even if you look back at these tough seasons, there's still some pretty good guys, man. You don't even go that far back. What about you, Colton Smith? I guess you got Colton Nico, Mon- Nico Montana. Be the pick, Angel. Nico Montana is one, probably. Right? Yeah, probably. I think Colton Smith's probably the pick, though. But even then, you could argue because Nico won a title, though. And she almost people forget she had that she had a fight with Juliana Pena that she almost won. Of a one thirty five, that was her final fight. But yeah, I mean I think we spent a little bit too long on this. But yeah, I mean Juliana Killer Miller, I hope she comes back, but yeah, you know, we'll we'll we'll, we'll hope for the best. Uh Marcus McGee, like you mentioned, knocking out G Pay Bays, that sucked. Uh my boy Terrence McKinney, man, T Rex coming back with fire. I mean, you're one you wanna talk about but it makes so, sense, though, Josh, because he's spending a guy coming in on short no, notice. No, 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 he was the guy coming in on short notice. No, 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 but this guy was also coming in on short notice. He had also filled in for someone else. Mike Breeden was? I could have sworn Mike Breeden was filling in for someone else, too. Like, I, could have sworn, I could have sworn Lando had a different opponent. I could be wrong. I mean, I guess we'll find out real, real, real you, quick. You got to go to Lando's. I could be wrong. Or maybe I'm not. Or maybe I am. I don't know. Maybe I'm probably wrong. Probably. No, I was supposed. To, yeah, he uh, Lando versus Mike Breeden was always the the booked fight. It was the original one. For some reason, I thought Mike Breeden also came in on short notice. I know that fuck. There was a card not too long ago that had like three different opponent changes. Yeah, no, not the case here though. That was uh, that was always Mike Breeden. But yeah, I mean, I was surprised that he won. But I mean, you're talking about coming back in the perfect way, stepping in on short notice, only took the fight a week ago, gets a knockout win in round one inside of a minute, like Dude, that, basically he's, he's, a flawless. Yeah, no, you're not wrong, but I really hope he's able to string it together, dude. Because, I mean, dude, this guy knocked out Matt Frivola and said, what is it, the fifth, sixth, seventh, or fourth fastest UFC knockout? Something yeah, like that, Ty? Yeah. And Matt Frivola is now ranked. And he beat yeah. Farzim, too, who, had the, who not too long ago was kind of a guy at 155 who had some potential. Nearly had, knocked out Drew Dober, too. Nearly, locked, nearly knocked out Drew Dober. Yes, you're right. I mean, so, dude. Yeah. It's not. It's not that. Like, I mean, I just hope he's able to bring it together, man, and 
and looked as good out of the first round. His, I mean, his ceiling is, I think, very high. It's just a matter of does he capitalize on it? Does he make the best out of it? And does you know does he continue to develop and fight smart and and know how to manage his tank? Yeah, I mean, there's so much potential there. It's just if he can stay consistent, get the cardio right. And if he does, I mean, he's a dangerous man. And he's still in his 20s. We'll see what happens. Uh, happy to see him back, though, and get, getting a big one. Um, the rest of the card, I mean, last couple of fights to highlight. Josh Parisian suffering a first-round uh, submission loss to Martin Boudet. Martin Boudet has a lot of potential. My girl Montserrat Ruiz, who kind of scares me, but, you know, <laughs> I'm still a fan. Ends up losing <laughs> to Jacqueline Amarim. Uh, that sucked, but I'm still a Montreal Ruiz fan. I got to give credit to Jacqueline, though, because she came back hard. Because if you saw her UFC debut, it was back in Brazil, if I remember right. And I had, I had mentioned her last week, like, damn, her debut was rough. And she she has a very incredible jiu-jitsu game. Um, and, uh, but in that fight at 287 against Sam Hughes, dude, she looked great in that first round. She was attacking multiple submissions when she got to fight to the ground. But she just exerted herself so much in the first that in the in the next two rounds she just ended up losing it because she had nothing left in the tank. Uh, and this one she managed to get it back together, ended up getting the finish. I'm curious to see where she can go. I mean she she has a lot of time here, less twenty eight years old uh, and kind of where she could take her game. It was a solid win. Granted though for Monza a bit disappointing because there have been a lot of times since the layoff her only loss in the UFC had been Amanda Lemos and, and like I said look at the position Amanda Lemos is in now. You know didn't age bad. But it was just, uh, it, it just sucked, man. It sucked to seeing that because, uh, it, you know, you took all that time off in, in extra time at that and then you come back and you kind of lay a goose egg. And the matchmaking didn't look bad because of the way Jacqueline had looked and it's kind of like, well, shit, maybe Jackie wasn't fully ready for the UFC potentially. Mm-hmm. And granted, we don't fully know yet. Like I said, she looked great against someone who's coming off like almost a two year layoff, so. Yeah. But definitely, yeah, definitely I would just keep their eye yeah, on. Go ahead. But definitely someone to keep their eye on, though. I think she has a good, uh, has a lot of potential. I don't think she'd be super successful right now against ranked fighters, if I'm being quite honest. But you never know. She could come out here and surprise us, and maybe to continue to develop her game and hit a very high level. Mm-hmm. For sure, man. For sure. And uh, we'll see what happens. But Angel, it is UFC 292 Fight Week, my man. It's Fight Week. It's Fight Week, pay-per-view fight week, going down this Saturday night from the TD Garden, UFC back in Boston. Back in Boston. First trip in uh, four years, man. In the main event, Al Jermaine, the Funk Master Sterling, one of the greatest bantamweights of all time. Uh, set the record back in May for most uh, consecutive UFC bantamweight title defenses with three. He will now look to add another one to that list. In the form of Sugar Sean O'Malley. Sugar Sean been out of the cage for nearly a year. Last defeated Piotr Jan back in, uh, last October, UFC 280. Fight of the night. That was a controversial one, but look, dude. He's finally here. He's finally gotten the title shot. For years, we've talked about, you know, Sugar Sean, can he get there? We know he has the star potential, but will he be able to show the fighting ability? He's shown the fighting ability. And if he can get the win on Saturday, he'll cement his place among the greatest stars in the sport today. What do you think about this fight, man? I think it's very compelling. The storylines are very compelling. What do you think? I think, dude, it's crazy how pivotal this moment is for both these guys' career. And I don't think a lot of people have thought about that. Because for Al Jermaine, like you said, he's already broken the record. Obviously, there is some 
it, it is tainted. But look, we can't control any of that at this point. You know, with the with the illegal knee, with the injured TJ Dillashaw, you know what I mean? Uh, regardless, he is here. He's made it here. He's held the title. And uh, and obviously, the, the also the returning Cejudo win did I, after so many, what was it? How long? How long was Cejudo off? Two years? Three years? I don't even know anymore. Yeah, about three. About three. Um, and for Sean, man, like I said, this is, for him and his legacy, this is where you go from being a star to a superstar. Or you had all these highlight finishes, you have the hype, you have the following, you have the image. Can you become champion now? You know what I mean? Um, and he's here against a prime Aljamain Sterling. I mean, Aljamain is in his prime. They're, I mean, this is his best time in his life. This is the best he'll ever feel as a fighter. I genuinely believe that because of how good he's looked and how much he's shown and grown and all that and, and mentally how fully he's there. And you've seen this throughout the past few years and in, in, in his success. Uh, and like I said, I think one of the things that Aljamain has had, which has been one of the greatest things that could happen to him is the doubt people have against him. You know, fighters don't believe his game, don't believe that he'll, though, that he's as good as taking people down and wrestling will be able to control him. And he's, he comes in there every time and he surprises every fighter. Every fighter afterwards, I think, has mentioned that some, in some sense, like, oh, I was surprised that Aljamain did this or he was actually able to do this. Yes, I did doubt he could do this. I, for some reason, though, I feel like Sean is not going to doubt Aljamain. I think he's very aware of what's going on and how pivotal this moment is for his career and how important it is for him to win here. Um, I feel like he hasn't been super out there. You know, you haven't seen him with the Nelk boys. You haven't seen him doing anything like that. It seems like he's pretty locked in on training. Obviously, he's still doing all his YouTube stuff and putting content out there because that's on, you know, that's part of his brand and stuff. He, I think he actually genuinely likes doing and wants to continue doing because it's, it's, it's part of his persona, man. Um, but look, this is the test, man. Let's see, let's see this grappling that we've never seen. Let's see this jujitsu game that you, you practice all the time and you're, you see these jujitsu tournaments. You know, what is in this, uh, Toolkit that we haven't seen yet because we know the striking. We've seen the power of the skinny boy, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. For me, uh, I think Sean will have a lot of success in the striking department. I'm, I'm not worried about uh, Ajamin in that sense. It's not like Ajamin can't do something there to surprise the uh, Sean because he's obviously developed that part of his game and has made it, a, I'd say, good enough. But it's not, you know, it's not going to compare to Sean striking. And at the same time, that's not going to compare to Ajamin's wrestling against, uh, you know, Ajamin's wrestling will shine. Against whatever Sean's in the show, because Sean definitely doesn't have the level of wrestling Aljamain has. So we're gonna we're gonna see if he's if Sean's able to slow down those takedowns, draw out the fight, find openings, and I think we saw a little bit of that with Piotr. We saw him get up, we saw him keep fighting, we saw him throw up some submissions, and uh, do some damage. I think if we can replicate some of those things, and even better than when he did in that Piotr round fight, I think we get a Sean Wabali win here. Uh, and like I said, everybody, you know, there's always this doubt, and I feel bad, man, because every single time. I've picked against Aljamain, and I'm always like, look, this is his best power. It's doubt and doubt. You know, people doubt it. People don't believe in him. People don't want to, you know, they don't believe in what his powers are, his capabilities. And, and I can't, and for some reason, Josh, I'm, uh, you're the only reason I'm doing this too, Josh, because every time mm-hmm. I switch it up, once I choose a fighter, they fuck me, Josh. I'll never forget <laughs> when Rose fucked me against Carla and when I finally picked her. So I'm not going to switch now. I'm you're, not not fucked. Go, you're not getting fucked this time, huh? I'm not getting fucked this time. I'm not going to go to Aljamain and curse Aljamain and let him and make him lose. I'm going to go Sean O'Malley this week, Josh. I think Sean's going to do it, man. I think he's going to jump, make that jump in his career and become a superstar, man, and win the title and beat Aljamain Surly and be on top of the world and make this massive boom. I want to see him. I think he can do it. I think he'll slow the down the takedown. So he'll, he'll land his punches. He'll land his combination. We'll give, you give uh, Aljamain all these good looks. 
Yeah, man. Hey, look, that's absolutely within the realm of possibility. And I think you mentioned a lot of things, uh, specifically that, uh, Sean does very, very well. Uh, specifically, we saw that in the Piotr fight that, like, look, maybe his takedown defense is not there, but he's very calm on the mat. He does not get overwhelmed. He finds his way back to his feet, so on and so forth. You know what I mean? Like, he, he is very, he's a lot better on the mat than a lot of people will give him credit for. That being said, I am going to take Aljamain Sterling. I think the Funk Master is probably going to go and submit him relatively early. Um, his jujitsu is good in his takedown, but his, my biggest issue is that his takedown defense is lacking. I just don't think – I don't see a world where he's going to be able to get Aljo out of there that easily. Uh, and I also don't see a world where he's going to be able to win a decision. You know what I mean? Um, I think if he takes – like, if this fight goes in – to the later rounds, I think it's probably going to be Aljo having won a lot of the early exchanges on the mat, because I just don't, I don't know, man, I just don't think he's going to be able to put him out, I think we've seen at the top level, Sean has power, and he has, and he can cut you and so on and so forth, but we've really seen him not have the same punching power against the top level, against, and granted, he's only faced top level guys on a, on a couple of occasions anyway, but in the Pewter fight, he never hurt Piotr really, I mean, he, he, the, the Pedro Munoz fight, nothing really happened. You know what I mean? Like, um, at the mm-hmm. top level, he hasn't really shown that power. And I think Aljo, dude, I think, like, if, that, if his takedown defense is lacking, like, the way that it seemed, at least in the Piotr Jan fight and some of his other ones, I don't think you're going to be able to have that happening as Aljamain Sterling. Because Aljamain Sterling's not going to take you down. Aljamain Sterling's going to move forward. You know what I mean? Uh, um, and he's going to get early? to the back, and he's going to mm-hmm. submit you. You know what I mean? Um, do you, I mean, I think the early rounds are going to dictate this fight, right? I mean, granted, every like you know, the fight's going to start on. The I team. think we're going to yeah. know how this fight's going to go within the first round. You know what I mean? Really? Yeah, I, I think I feel like it'll be the I think it'll be the early rounds. You know, one, two, and possibly the start of the three will kind of give us a tone. I mean, at the end of the day, dude, one thing that Sean does going have going for him, at the, I mean, the round if he can make it through all the way, he's dangerous all the way till the fifth on the feet. So that is one thing, obviously, that he has you know going well for him because. I mean, I mean, that's where he finds his, his most success. And on top of that, I was going to tell you, I was going to ask you, what, how do you feel about Adjamain's comments? He said 100% if he wins, he's going to move up to 145. And if he's, and he said if he were to lose, it's 99%. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, the, you know, the weird thing though is to me, I, I feel like if he did lose to Sean though, he would want to kind of get it back. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know why. And, and, and granted, it would, I think it would depend on how it would happen. You know what I mean? Like if he lost a decision, they could be like, all right, well, that, you know, I had a good run, right? Good for him. He got it. You know, he got me this time. But I think if he got, like, knocked out or, like, in some crazy world submitted, I don't think Sean ever submits Aljamain. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, like. And, I'd I mean, be shocked that, if that happened. I mean, if that happened, I think definitely Aljamain would be like, oh, fuck, no, I'm coming back for this one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but, uh. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, how do you how do you feel about those comments? What do you think? Do you think he'd actually come back if he were to lose? Like I said, was I think there's, I think if Aljamain Sterling loses, there's no way he doesn't come back. I think he's too I, prideful of a guy, right? Like they would have, they would have a really good story. I think Dana would throw some money at that too. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Obviously, yeah, for sure. In uh, pay per view buys, you know, like you know, these guys are gonna be making some good money since Sean's in the main event, and if Sean's cool. champion, yeah. and there's a rematch, you're telling me Aljamain wouldn't want to come back? Yeah, and also another part of that, too, is that, like, that dude, I mean, three title offenses does not sound like a lot, but that's the most advanced weight history. You know what I mean? So, I mean, you got to give him an instant rematch if you're going to give other guys that type of stuff. So, um, yeah, I mean, I definitely agree that, like, with a loss, I think Alex will come back. But with a win, I think 
Aljo's done. I, I, I do, I do want to make it very clear too, Josh. Like, I, I, both, out, like, all outcomes wouldn't surprise me. There's only a few outcomes that would shock me. Aljamain KO on the feet with pure, like, striking. Sean mm-hmm. O'Malley submission. Yeah, and that's about how I feel. Those are the only two things that would shock me. Anything else wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. And also, I would not be surprised if, um, I said, uh, so let me, let me say one quick thing. Uh, before we would move on, because I think we, we previewed the main event pretty well. Uh, I do think Aljo will win, but I do think that there is a lot of fair concern around the weight cuts and will that, will Aljo be dehydrated? Will that play a role in his chin? Because Sean and his team seems to really think so. They think that they're going to have a big advantage because of that. I want to so, see uh, what he does different. You know what I mean? Like, what does he, what is he bringing? Because it's been a while since we've seen him, right? Like, because the last time we saw him was against against Piotr, right? It's been that long. It's been a while, right? Abu, almost a year now, right? Abu yeah. Dhabi last year. We're going almost over a year of Sean being out of the being out of action, and it's kind of like, what are we going to see in five rounds? His second five round fight at the UFC. I don't know if he ever had any five rounds fights outside of the UFC, but what does he do? And especially because I always forget his coach's name, but I mean that guy has a very good eye for the game, man, and very intelligent. Talk about uh, Sean's. Coach? Yeah, Sean Coach. Yeah, Why Tim Welch. Yeah. Tim Welch. Tim Welch was on Bellator's uh, TV show version of the Ultimate Fighter. <laughs> oh. Fun fight. I, f- I forgot what they called the show, but that's besides the point. Like, that is what I'm super like. That's that's my biggest fascination about this fight. It is. It's not so much which because I know what Aljamain has to offer. I want to see what Sean has to offer, win or lose. Like, what is you know how do we how do you deal with this puzzle? You know. Mm-hmm. Like I really want to see a lot of him. I'll, I'll, I'm not gonna lie to you. I will be really disappointed if, if Sean does go out there and loses within the first two and gets submitted. Granted, would I be would I be extremely surprised because of Al's abilities? No, but that would just be the letdown for me personally. You know what I mean? Yeah, it would be a bit of a letdown, even as somebody who does think that Aljo likely, like I don't, I don't want to say likely, but I think there's a very good chance that he will just run through him in that way. Mm-hmm. Uh. But, I mean, look, we'll have to see how, we'll see how it plays out. I mean, I think it's going to be an, an exciting fight regardless. Mm-hmm. But uh, I do think we should move on, dude, because co-main event, Zhang Weili is back. China number one. Um, you fucking know it. You know it. Yeah, man. Uh, been out of the cage almost a year, man. Last time she fought was in November when she won the belt back from Carla Esparza. Performance of the night. Just com- complete dominance that night. Taking on Amanda Limos, this fight announcement kind of, kind of came out of nowhere. I don't think anybody was talking about this one, but... Look, man, she is riding a two-fight win streak. Uh, last year, she did suffer a submission loss to Jessica Andrade. And, I mean, her two wins, I don't think, were the most dom- – I mean, Marina Rodriguez, that was a really good knockout win. Michelle Waterson. But outside of that, I don't think two people have been super impressed by Amanda Lee Walsh's recent performances. Um, what do you think about this fight, man? We know that John Wiley is a heavy favorite. Most people expect her to get the win. But uh, I think that as much as I, I said that nobody's been very impressed with Amanda Lee Walsh in, like, recent performances – I do think she she could surprise us on Saturday. What do you what do no, you think, man? No, no, no. She's very dangerous. She is very dangerous. That is that is a fact. But I got to give credit to Waylee, dude, because she has grown so much as a fighter ever since coming into the UFC. Like, look at her early career versus now. I mean, it's I'm not gonna say it's like a completely different fighter, but she looks like a complete fighter when she has this ground game now. She's able to defend uh, takedowns. You know what I mean? She can take to the fight to the ground. You know what I mean? Like, she's looking like one of the most complete fighters in that division. You know, no disrespect to the other women in that division, but she looks like she's there. You know what I mean? Like, she's able – like, you give her something, she'll adapt to it, you know? Yeah. Uh, with Amanda Lemos, I mean, look, 
like I said, she's dangerous. She has power. Um, we've seen it. I mean, the Montserrat Ruiz fight, you, you saw that counter right, boom, put her out real quick. And she, I remember Montserrat span around, spun around and kind of had to get her bearings and they stopped the fight. At the same time, man, we've seen her get caught. I mean, you know, Leslie Smith, I mean, that was, I mean, that was her UCW standing elbows and that was early on in her career. She had only had five fights at that point, like six fights. Jessica Andrade caught her in that standing arm and triangle choke. She had a split decision against Angela Hill. Uh, and she doesn't have any like overly standing win to me that sticks out outside of the Marina Rodriguez win, which like granted, Marina Rodriguez in her last two fights has looked kind of, you know, a little sketched me out a little bit, but granted, Bernard Genova also on the come up right now. Michelle Watterson, older, competitive, tough, but I saw that one coming, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and, and Wei Lee is the most proven of proven fighters at this division, without a doubt. I mean, I expect her to win. And like I said, any, any looks that Amanda Lima gives her, I think she will adapt. I'm just curious. I mean, I, and like I said, I, if Amanda Lima lands, I can see this fight getting very uh, dangerous and, and changing very quick. And, but look, Wei Lee's fought five rounds. She's fought Rose twice. She's fought Joanna, one of the best ever doing this division. She, she, she submitted Carla Sparzo, a wrestler, you know. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, I would honestly, I would be shocked if Amanda Lima's won. I'm not gonna lie to you. But, there is, there is that possibility. I'm not ruling it out, but I just personally don't think it will happen. But she does have that power. I do genuinely believe that. There is power in those hands. Yeah, no, there is. There is, uh, good power in those hands. But I am on the same side as you. I'm gonna take, uh, Willie Zhang. I think I'd be very surprised if Amanda Lima won. I think that she might have some moments of success. I think she'll win uh, exchanges, but I don't think she'll get the win on Saturday. Yeah, that's actually a very good way to put it, yes. I can see her winning exchanges, but not winning the fight. Yeah, she's going to have moments. She'll win exchanges. She might impress some people. She will not win. That's how I feel about it. So, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and uh, take uh, Whaley Jane to retain the title. But look, dude, obviously it is a use you pay for you, so you know the way that they've kind of loaded these. They've kind of like... Changed their format over the years, you know? Like, hey, may not like Fight Nights. The couple, they may, half of them may be in the Apex, may not be excited, but you know that means that UFC pay-per-view event that month is going to be stacked. That's the case here, man. Um, a lot of big names. Next up on the main card, Ian Machado, Gary, originally scheduled for a banger, a heated one with Jeff Neal, now going to be taking on Neil Magny. Um, we know the story with Neil Magny, longtime veteran, most wins in UFC welterweight history. Taking on Ian Gary, young prospects, 12-0, coming off a knock on winner, Daniel Rodriguez. The next Conor McGregor, Angel, uh, question mark. <laughs> the future. <laughs> Jokes aside, man, what do you think of this one? I think it's a very compelling fight, obviously short notice, but still very interesting to see Neil Magny step in here. We know he's going to test him. Oh, yeah. I mean, look, I'm I'm a much bigger fan of this fight than the Jeff Neal fight, I'm going to be quite honest. I'm just going to put it out there. I think Magny is a very good fight at this time for Ian Machado-Gary, who's just got into the rankings and to have his first ranked opponent. Like this is this is ideal. Um, obviously, the kind of a downside that it is on short notice for Neil Magny because if he does win, people will always mention that a little bit. Which look, I get it is a factor. It's something that definitely needs to get brought up. But look, Ian Gary in his last performance, holy fuck, dude, did he look good? I mean, literally, there's that highlight video of him throwing a Connor esque kind of combination and an exchange that you see and it's it's almost identical it's kind of scary man I, I remember seeing that video on twitter and i loved it and i was like oh fuck this kid's a real deal when he lets his hands go but um for me dude i mean this is this is this fight man like you're young you, you're having all these big moments in your life because look for one this guy's a, a new dad 
married not too long ago, is traveling the world, improving his fight game, looking good, gaining popularity, and is ranked now. And he's in the biggest fight of his career on a pay-per-view with two headlining uh, championship fights on the card. He's the third. He's going to be the fight leading into the first championship fight. I mean, this is his moment to capture it. This is his moment where he takes that big step forward, and he's going to have the toughest test of his career ahead of him and Neil Magny. And granted, and that's something I've loved about Ian's, Ian Gary's career. Every fight has been a, a little step up, a step up, a step up, because I'll, I'll never forget his debut, because I remember I mentioned, I'll never forget, I remember seeing the Twitter, the tweet being put out, out there, Ian Gary has signed to the UFC, and at the time, Ian Gary was like 6-0, and and he fought uh, Jordan Williams, it was his debut fight, we didn't know that at the time, So I'm, and now, dude, we're looking at this 25-year-old man who is now 12-0, and is, and is in this situation right here. I mean, this is, this is the, I mean, everything is going right in life. And he's looking good. I, I, I think Ian Gary's going to get it done. If you want to make, if you, if you have any sort of potential at 170 and, uh, you, and you beat, if you beat Neil Magny, you'll show that. I mean, we've seen it. I mean, uh, like you, Neil Magny, I hate to say it, but it is kind of like that gatekeeper. He's that kind of test. You know what I mean? You know, like his his losses in recent time are Gilbert Burns, Shockmont, Shockbot, Rokmatov, Michael Chiesa. I mean, and think about and if you look at look at uh, at the time that all those fights, that was Shockbot's first rank like kind of rank fighter to win. Gilbert Burns, you know, uh, that was during his little run at the start of this year in Brazil, and Michael Chiesa early on in his 170 run. This is mm-hmm. Ian Gary is kind of in a similar position to some of those guys. I'm gonna go with Ian Gary. I think he gets it done this week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same page here. Um, I think Neil Magny will test him, and I think Neil Magny even will win this one. Admittedly, I'm not as educated on Ian Gary's grappling as I should be, um, and that's part of it. Uh, But I also think that he's the younger guy, and Neil's stepping in on very short notice. And admittedly, Neil's slowed down a lot. I think that's what makes me pretty comfortable in picking Ian Gary. I feel like that Philip Rowe, like, it's just his recent performances, man. Like, you could tell he shows up. And it's either he's going to give it his all, but you could show sometimes, like, he's having more bad nights than good. You can see even whenever he wins, like a Philip Rowe fight, I thought, stylistically, that would have been a much easier fight for him three years ago than it should have been. Like, yeah. than, it, than it was whenever that fight happened. Do you know what I mean? Yes. That yes. fight was harder than it should have been. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and take Ian Gary. I think he's going to go ahead and get the nod here. Our boy um, Ian Gary was in Brazil not so long ago training with Charlie Olives, my guy. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> I'm telling you, dude. He's, my, working, my on his, he's working on his craft. Yeah, love to see it, man. Love to see it. Um, we have another short notice fight, dude. Also on the main card, Mario Bautista, originally set for a fight with former UFC bantamweight champion Cody Garbrandt, uh, will now be taking on Demond Blashier. Obviously, Mario Bautista riding a four-fight winning streak, three of those being uh, stoppage wins. Demond Blackshear, prospect, stepping in 29 years young, riding a two-fight winning streak, uh, just picked up a win, a twister win over Jose Johnson. Uh, and he will not be stepping in here on short notice, man. What do you uh, What do you think, man? Man, I mean, de- definitely a little heartbroken about this one. I was very excited to see Cody, especially since you know he came back, got a win. I mean, he looked like he was not that far from not being in the UFC anymore. I don't know if he would have been out if he did lose that one, but it definitely wouldn't have been a good look losing to Trevin Giles, who pretty sure Trevin Giles got cut out right after that one, right? Yeah, like, yeah, pretty sure. But um, look. By the way, I'm not trying to be mean to these guys, but wouldn't you kind of wanted to move Chris Wyman Brad Tavares like right into the main event just because you lost Cody? Granted, though, I mean, I'm sure Mario Bautista got promised his spot and it was his and he was going to be in the main event and it'd be kind of like a 
kind of like a fuck you, Ray, you know what I mean? But it, I mean, he was not to be mean, but he was really there because of Cody Garbrandt, you know what I mean? If he was mm-hmm. fighting anybody else, he wouldn't have been on the main event or on the main card, I should say. Yeah. Regardless, though, I mean, look, Demon Blackstreet has a good game. I mean, his ground game is good. We've seen it. He obviously got this Tristan win last time out. Um, his only loss in the UFC is for Ray Basra, who at this point looks like he's going to be a very good guy in this bantamweight division. Uh, Mario Bautista is a guy who's kind of uh, been stringing it together, man. Comes out of the MMA lab, same uh, same gym. I'm pretty sure Sean trains out of um, Arizona native, grew up in the Glendale area, and uh, is kind of been putting it together, beat some guys with some experience on his belt, like Brian Kelleher, Guido Canetti, Jay Perrin, who obviously we know now is no longer in the UFC. And uh, I'm pretty sure Guido isn't in the UFC anymore either. Yeah. Regardless, though, uh, got, he also has a good ground game. I'm, I'm assuming this could be, be scramble heavy, if not mainly on the feet. Um, I mean, look, to me, I think this is a pick em fight. Obviously, DeMond's coming in on, on short notice, has nothing to lose. I'm sure he'll put it all on the line. Mate went quick. And then Mario is going to have a, a hard time, too. Obviously, he was getting ready for Cody Garbrandt and DeMond Blackshear, which are completely different styles. So that mm-hmm. could be that could play a major factor into this because Demond Blackshear and Cody Garbrandt do not fight similarly at all. There's no sort of like crossover there. So I'm gonna go Mario Bautista. Isn't coming in on short notice. Has to go ground him himself. I'm curious to see what he's able to do against Demond Blackshear, but at the same time, I'm curious to see what Demond Blackshear can do against Mario Bautista because, like I said, it's there'll be this will be his third one in a row and on short notice and on a pay per view. I mean, this is his time to shine if he wants to get it done here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and take Mario Bautista. I think short notice for Devon Blackshear, and, uh, and clearly does have a lot of potential. Still a young guy in his 20s. Stepping in on short notice is never an easy thing, and Mario Bautista seems to be hitting his motherfucking prime right now, man. Just turned 30 this month. Four-fight winning streak, like we mentioned, but some of those names, too, like Brian Kelleher, pretty decent guy. Guido Canetti, before that, was riding, like, what, two wins, both by stoppage himself, so um, I'm going to take Mario Bautista. It's just the I think he's coming on right now, and I think Demon Blackshear, younger, has potential, but the short notice puts me a little bit off him. Um, opening up the main card, a bantamweight tilt between Pedro Munoz, the young Punisher, and Marlon Chito Vera. Marlon Vera, obviously coming off a split decision, the craziest split decision of all time, but a split <laughs> decision loss to to Corey Sanhagen in March. Prior to that, he had won four in a row. Taking on Pedro Munoz, who obviously picked up a winner with Chris Gutierrez in April at UFC Kansas City. Uh, prior to that, he had a 3-5 win, winless streak, though. Uh, Marlon Vera is a heavy favorite, but we kind of talked a little bit in the green room. I think Pedro Munoz is going to give him a really good fight now. Oh, no, definitely. I mean, dude, if he sits down as much as he can lay out some pretty good power. Mm. And also, we know, I mean, once again, Duchito kind of... We've known, like, he kind of lets the fight build up to it. You know what I mean? He doesn't necessarily always go right after it. Even if he does have his opponent hurt, he doesn't really super chase it. You know, he'll ride it out all the way through, and that could go to, you know, that could be to his own demise. And, uh, I mean, shit, like, he talked, he talked about it in his Corey, uh, post fight. I don't know if it was afterwards, but he mentioned, like, you know, he was there for the fight, but he just, he just couldn't get it rolling. He just couldn't show up. And, I mean, I don't think that'll necessarily happen to him again. And, like I said, credit, you gotta give credit to Corey Sanhagen, because I think he also kind of, Cause that to happen as well. Um, I don't know. I think we could see a similar kind of slow fight again, Josh, like we saw in KC, uh, like Chris Gutierrez had against uh, Pedro Munoz, kind of a, you know, slower style, a lot of outside punt, you know what I mean? It punts from the outside, not too many in, in fighting exchanges. 
I don't know if Cheetah would necessarily take this fight to the ground. He could and find some success there. But this is also Pedro Munoz who's going on 37 this year. You know, we know 36 is that magical number at 135, as I mentioned earlier. So, I mean, this is a fight where this is kind of a cross, not um, kind of like a little crossroad fight, right? Because if he's able to win this year, he could still potentially kind of rack some ones together and get himself in the title picture. But if he doesn't, he'll, he'll kind of he'll be set back, and this will probably be his last shot at a maybe potential run here at 135, unless he gets some sort of short notice fight and beats some good guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm actually gonna I'm gonna have some fun, Angel. I'm gonna I'm gonna take Pedro Munoz for the upset. You know, I I, I could see that happening, man. I could see a, a split decision or some shit yeah. like that. Uh, I'm gonna go Cheeto though. I think Cheeto yeah. still looked good. He's obviously had a. This rough out against Corn Sagan, but I think that was just a one off, and I think he'll show up for this one, and he'll kind of he'll want to make up for that. You know, he's a, he's mm-hmm. a very passionate guy, very intelligent. He's super has this very good mind for the game, and when I hear him talk about fighting and and men, you know, and mention certain technical aspects and talk about his relationship with his coach, I'm I'm just like I I still see this guy potentially fighting for his title at some point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fair enough, man. I can't argue with that. I just think like stylistically, I think Peter Moon is a very tr- very tricky guy. Um, either you can find the opening or you can't, and I don't think in a three-rounder Marlon Vera will be able to find the opening enough to kind of differentiate himself. I think it's going to be a close fight, and I think Pedro Munoz will probably end up getting the nod in a very, very close one. Uh, but that's just that's just my guess. I just got a weird feeling about Josh, that. like, I got a 30-27 Pedro Munoz now. I'm just letting you guys know ahead of time if you guys want to predict the score card. I just got a weird feeling about it, man. That's it. That's it. Um, rest of the card, though. What fights most want to talk about? Obviously, we're going to have the Ultimate Fighter uh, finale between Austin Hubbard and Kurt Hallball. That just got announced. Obviously, Brad Cadona, Cody Gibson as well. Uh, what do you think, man? It is a pretty fun uh, UC 292 card. I mean, look, we got to talk about one down, you know, the curtain jerker to the main uh, main card. Uh, Chris Weidman, Brad Tavares. Chris Weidman's return to uh, to fighting. I mean, we're – fuck, dude. How long has it been since we've seen Chris Weidman? Uh, 2021. May – 2021 against Uriah Hall, who Uriah Hall no longer, I guess, I, I guess Uriah retired, right, from from MMA. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I don't want to be incorrect there or worded incorrectly, but that was the last time we saw him. Uh, broken leg. They didn't get to see that one out. Would have been a fun fight. And he's getting Brad Tavares, which I think actually is kind of a good fight to kind of bring him back, right? I mean, Brad is still competitive, has any value to the 185 division. And could give him a hard fight, especially since Chris has been out of action. And we kind of don't know how he's going to look, but he's been putting in that work in the gym. I mean, I know you've seen that training footage, Josh, of him hitting the bag and he's got the mask on to, to, uh, yeah. to, to reduce oxygen intake, like, uh, or help, or I don't know exactly what it does, but, you know, he was putting in that fucking work and he looked jacked as fuck. Like, he looked like he was ready to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. I mean, he, Chris Weidman looks to be in incredible shape. And if I was Brad Tavares, it makes a lot of sense. Brad, we obviously know the story. Two losses in a row himself. Uh, a gatekeeper of sorts. I like this fight a lot, man. I'm very, very cautious for Chris Weidman, but he looks to be, he looks to have done it the right way. Like, he looks in phenomenal shape. And, uh, if, if he can come back to be even somewhat of himself, um, this will be a fun fight. But, uh, we'll see how it goes. A little bit sad Joe Lozon didn't get on here to Boston one. I know we talked about it, but I am happy that they got another <laughs> another Boston legend in the form of uh, Chris Weidman. So. Right? It all ended up working out. It ended up working out, man. But uh, 
Yeah, man. I mean, it should be a fun night of fights. Obviously, I mentioned it. Austin Hubbard, Kurt Hollibaugh, and then uh, the the McGregor-Chandler finale, uh, final fights. Should be fun. Andre Petrovsky, Gerald Mearshart is a banger on the early prelims. Andre Petrovsky, we've known the story. Uh, came off a of tough himself and didn't even win the show, but he's just looked so damn good since coming off of the show that he's found himself in this position where, like, if he wins this one, could be top 15 guy in the weight, so. You know, he's had, like, the perfect, like, set of fights, though. Like, whoever his manager is, or or maybe the UFC is just giving him really good matchmaking, too, mm-hmm. have, like, given him, like, the really proper, like, build-up. He went from, you know, Mitchell Gilmore to Yu Yong Zong, Nick Maximov, who had some attention behind him, right, because of the gym he came out of, and then Wellington Terman, and now Gerald Mearshart. Like, it's been very good matchmaking for him thus far. And this will make him 5-0 and in the UFC. Mm-hmm. So, credit where credit's due, man. He's done it the right way. Uh, 32 years old, right in those primary, prime years, and especially, like I said, dude, on a 185 division that needs names. I don't know if you knew this, but I, I found this out very recently. Andre wrestled at every divisional level you could in college. Now, granted, I don't know that. I don't know why, right? I don't know if things didn't work out. Maybe some disciplinary issues. You know, you, you lived your college years, whatever. I don't, I'm not saying that I, I don't know for a fact any of this. I'm just putting this information out here. He probably wrestled at D3, D2, D1, and maybe even like community college, I think. I think he made it all the way down. I could be incorrect, but I know he had a, he had the full, uh, you know, he got the full college experience at every level of wrestling. Um, mm-hmm. But no, he's, he's fighting a dangerous guy in Gerald Mershard, man. He could still always get caught. I mean, Gerald Mershard's a live dog. We, we, he has like something 50 odd fights under his belt. He, he, he had a little win streak going there before he got uh, put out by our boy uh, Joe Pfeiffer. And before that, uh, a loss, a decision loss to Christoph Jocko. But not too long ago, went over Bruno Silva, Dustin Stolfis, uh, Mahmoud Muradov, who recently come back and get a W himself, and Bartos Fabinski. So, I mean, you know, you never know. You never know what could happen. Ten and eight in his UFC career, nine submissions, one loss. Uh, so I mean, we're due for a good show there early on in the card. So everybody tune in early and check that one out. For sure, man. And and this is gonna be a fun card overall. It's gonna be a fun night of fights. Very excited for it. And uh, yeah, man, excited to see that main event. Very, very compelling. Very, do you, very compelling. Do you, do you see a lot of finishes happening, or do you think we'll have? I, I could see a lot of decisions on the main card, but I think early on we could see a lot of finishes. Or banger fights, especially because the guys on on tough. I mean, they're going to be putting it out, man. I mean, they're fighting for the opportunity to be back in UFC. Yeah, I could see, I could see the um, the main card having a lot of decisions. Honestly, uh, I think that the prelims would probably have a fair, especially those early prelims. I could see those having a couple of just banger fights. Mm-hmm. But we will see, man. We'll see. It's going to be a fun night of fights. Very excited for it. And we'll see what happens. But dude, we do have a fair bit of uh, other stuff to talk about. A whole bunch of news. So we're going to go ahead and hit off with a couple of brief recaps. Uh, we mentioned it last week, just kind of briefly, because the fight only got announced. I mean, just the previous, like, what, Friday? Uh, Anthony Joshua stepping in to face Robert Helinas, who, excuse me, Robert Helinas stepping in to face Anthony Joshua on one week's notice. And through seven rounds, it was pretty competitive, man. I mean, uh, Joshua was winning, but Helinas was using his side, using his reach. He was staying in there, staying competitive. Did not matter. Anthony Joshua flattens him in round seven with an overhand right, and he now moves on to a likely fight with Deontay Wilder, dude. Give me your thoughts for the knockout win over Helenus and also that future meeting with Wilder, which seems to be on the books. 
before December. Look, I, I wasn't surprised, but I, I and I told you, and you kind of uh, disagree with me. I'm like, dude, I think he'll surprise. I don't think he'll win, but I, mm-hmm. I think he'll make it somewhat competitive. And he did. He ended up doing that. And uh, but look, in the end, I mean, it was still always going to be AJ. It was just a matter of time until he got there. It was a little harder than we thought. Conor McGregor in the crowd and in the ring too. <laughs> Yeah, uh, which I'm sure you'll mention some of that stuff here in a minute. But I mean, look, I've always, I've, I've always wanted uh, to see AJ fight Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder, one of these two guys way back when, especially when all of those guys were going back and forth and they were like the three kings of this division. And uh, I mean, shit, it seems like we're gonna get it probably in Saudi Arabia, right? <laughs> yeah. So I mean, not too much to say there. I mean, outside of a uh, Helenus for coming in on short notice, giving his best, making it re- relatively competitive. Um. But yeah, no, I'm excited for this potential, I mean, not even potentially, but probable AJ and Wilder uh, matchup. Yeah, dude. I mean, I, you got to give uh, Helene's props for staying in there and, and having moments of success, but he got flattened, man. Come on, Josh. Imagine Just, if he had a full camp. AJ didn't want that smoke. No, <laughs> I mean, with a full camp, I, it probably would have been, you know, competitive, but um, yeah, man. I mean,. Uh, Real quick thoughts, very impressive. Very impressive knockout win. Um, I thought Helene's impressed in defeat. I thought it was an all-around the best outcome for probably both guys. Because um, you know that Helene's – I mean, you're not going to want to lose in that fashion, but realistically, I mean, there's only so much that you can really do with stepping in on short notice. Um, I'm excited about a future fight with Wilder. I think that's going to be a banger in, in likely Saudi Arabia. They, they've talked about it previously. Uh, but yeah, man, we'll have to see how it goes. I think it was. How did you think he looked overall? I guess to kind of close it out, like because for me, I thought Joshua looked good, but he still looked a little bit gun shy. You know what I mean? I mean, I think overall, though, I mean, I think it, it, he made it harder than it should have been. Mm-hmm. I guess the, the ways to put it, and also, I mean, because of the nature and. Being a little bit, like you said, gun shy potentially, but but I think overall, I mean, that's the best way you could put it. He he made it harder than it should have been, I think. Mm-hmm. And uh, and uh, I'm surprised because even though I was like, I I, I said Helenus was gonna be, I think I said he'll be surprisingly competitive. And you gotta give him a little credit. I don't think he'll just bomb him out of there. Mm-hmm. But no, I think that's that's just the nature of it, man. It was just harder than it should have been. Yeah, that's fair. It was definitely harder than it should have been. And that's how I kind of feel about it. But, yeah, big win for Josh. We'll see what happens. But hopefully that fight with Wilder does get in out shortly. Because um, that is pretty much the only thing uh, standing in the way of it happening, according to Eddie Hearn. But we'll see. Uh, Bellator 298 did go down last Friday night from Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Uh, look, man, it was a... Fun, not super spectacular night of fights, but it was a fun, fun night. In the main event, Logan Storley picked up a winner over Brendan Ward. Valentin Moldovsky picked up a decision winner over Steve Mowry. Up and down, there were a couple of upsets, man, a couple of big wins. Which fights do you most want to talk about coming out of this one? Oh, man. I mean, I think we should start at the top. Logan Storley, Brendan Ward. I mean, we ended up finding out afterwards that Brendan Ward tore his pec, right? I believe that's what that's what happened. And uh, apparently, I believe that he had told whoever the the ref was in the octagon to this. So I believe uh, that's why the fight was stopped as quick as it did, uh, because this was a one arm man, one peck man at that. Uh, but look, we I mean, look, we always knew that it was probably going to be the Logan Sterling win, but you you kind of had a hope for Brendan Ward because of his story, 
and because uh I mean his ability on the feet to just put out fucking guys, man. Hmm. Yeah, but I admittedly I wasn't that surprised though. Um with with the in the fashion that if I went Obviously, you start to see Brennan Ward go out that way, especially given, like you mentioned, his history and his kind of recent success and his comeback to MMA, which has been such a like a low key story that has not gotten the respect it deserves. But yeah, man, I mean, big win for Logan Story went the way I expected. Um, dude, Sydney Outlaw picking up an upset win over Islam Mavidov, I did not see coming. That was a huge upset win for him. Aaron Jeffrey. Picking up an upset win over your boy Dalton Rosta. I didn't see that one coming. I mean, this is I, a... But, but you know, credit to Aaron Jeffrey. Aaron Jeffrey, a dog. He beat Petrowski in the regional scene. He beat him in LFA. Yeah, he's a bad motherfucker. So uh, I wasn't that surprised, but still pretty... It's still an upset win for him. So, yeah, man. I, I definitely think that. This is a pretty all, solid uh, night of fights. Any any particular last ones you want to go and highlight before we go ahead and move on? Oh, man. we gotta I got to highlight my boy Lucas Brennan. Come back from behind win. Highlight neat finish. It was on ESPN MMA for those who didn't see it. Uh, uh, Josh, kind of the biggest thing that came out of this Bellator card that we did not mention at all, Jordan Oliver's MMA debut. Do you know who Jordan Oliver is by any chance? I'm gonna guess he's a wrestler. A yep, very good a, one. Oh, a good, a collegiate, a good collegiate wrestler making his debut. 30, he is 33, just turned 33 this year, a few months ago. But he came out here and, and he got it done, man. And you kind of got to see a little bit. He, he got hit a little bit, he threw some punches of his own, but then he took it right to where he, he has his best game to the ground and got to submission over Andrew Triola, who's 0-1. So, uh, doesn't have a crazy amount of time in this game, you know, cause he is 33. I mean, there's, I don't think he'll be fighting for 10 years, but he has a short time. He has a special talent. He's fighting. He's comes out of Kill Cliff. I mean, there's a lot of potential here, man. And I'm wondering what he can shoot in this, doing this short time in Bellator, uh, and see how far he can take his career. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and like you mentioned, 33 says so not much time, but I mean, I am looking at some of his credits. Two-time NCAA national champion, you know, four-time Big 12 champion at Oklahoma State. Dude's a bad man. So uh, let's 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 see him get in there. Let's let's see him make uh, make up for lost time, but uh, no guarantees. But uh, anyways, man, this was a story that I talked about briefly. Um, well, talked about. I went ahead and uh, mentioned it, like mentioned it, like to you off air, and I also wrote about it for BJFN.com, uh, the greatest MMA website on the planet. In case anybody is, is I'm not sure. Angel, what what was it? Is, is, can can you tell people <laughs> what uh, BJFN.com? <laughs> yeah, the greatest the greatest website on the planet. That's the only website I go on, Josh. Here you go, guys. Heard it from uh, future Jiu-Jitsu world champion Angel Ortega. Hey, the only on, website. And on, I go on X.com too. My bad. And you, and 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 X videos. We'll be on X videos any day now. Uh, <laughs> anyways, man, uh, the UFC is in a world of pain right now. The UFC can be in a world of pain. I guess is a better way to put it. Uh, earlier this week, a federal court. Uh, certified a billion-dollar class action lawsuit against the UFC. Uh, we talked about this previously. Uh, led by names such as Kung Lee, Nate Ward, former UFC fighters, they've accused the UFC of being a monopsony, uh, which is different than a monopoly, but essentially the same thing. Uh, essentially, the idea is that they purposefully bought out their competitors while also driving down fighter pay at the same time. They also have extremely restrictive contracts. Now, that's been known to anybody that knows anything about the UFC and how they function for a while. This is the first time the UFC contracts have gone in front of a federal judge. 
and they got fucking chewed the fuck out. And uh, they moved the the judge in this case, an Obama appointed judge, moved this case forward and certified it as a class action lawsuit. So essentially, Angel, the UC is going to be going to court uh, for their incredibly restrictive contracts. Um, and any fighters that competed in the UFC from December 2010 to June 2017 may be eligible for damages resulting from the UFC stranglehold uh, on MMA. Uh, but also, it will also cover any fighters whose images were used by Zuba for merchandise and video games. 1,200 fighters are expected to be automatically enrolled as plaintiffs. They have the option to unroll or opt out, excuse me, later. Uh, but if the UFC is found guilty, they will have to pay between eight. They can. The fighters are seeking between 800 million and 1.6 billion in damages. But because this is an antitrust case, those damages can be doubled and tripled by the court if the UFC is found to have been at fault. So that's a lot of information to, to say. Uh, but Angel, obviously, we I've kind of taken the lead on this stuff because I've tried to like you know keep myself educated. But you, as far as what you know, what do you think about this whole situ- whole situation? I mean, look, you you've been educating me this whole time, man. I mean, I'm learning every time you mention because we talked about this. What would it have been a m- month ago? Two months ago? It hadn't been that long, had it? Yeah, it was not. It's not been long. Uh, it was it was right after oh my god, Kazingano had gone up and uh, testified. I guess is the way to put it, right? So that's that's a different thing. Uh, that's a the state of California is trying to do a pension fund for MMA fighters who fought oh. in the state of California. That's slightly different, but that is another big fine thing that's been happening lately. I mean, shit. You know, the, I mean, we know the UFC doesn't like going to events in California because they don't like uh, giving out the numbers for the pay they're giving these guys. Yeah, correct. I mean, look, I, uh, I mean, I think this is good. I think it's good that this is all happening. Like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm always learning about all this shit. Like, there's so much that I really don't fully understand, don't fully know. But I'm, I, I've told you, like, I'm happy that you're mentioning this. You're putting it out there, and we're informing people about it because, like, I didn't know this about this. I've never mentioned anybody else in any sort of medium or fighter mentioned this before. So I think that it's good that we're putting it out there and mentioning it to people and, and, and having some sort of acknowledgement for it because it doesn't seem to have any sort of attention behind it at all when it seems like it should be something that should be way bigger than what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just it, – it, 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 admittedly, I don't really want to talk about this a whole lot right now because right now there's been no updates outside of the information that I just gave. And I, I don't want to say anything about, like, how this will go. Now, I will say as somebody who read the full 70-plus pages of the what the judge said about the case, and that will be the judge's ruling on the case, I don't want to say that, you know, he's fucked or the UC's fucked. Uh, I say he, Dana White. Um, but <laughs> I, I don't know if they are. I, admittedly, it's just it's too early to tell. I will say that it looks very bad. It looks very, very bad, especially whenever it, you take into consideration that this is the judge that will be ruling on this case. And in that 70 plus pages where he, you know, moved, he wrote about it and moved this, this case forward, he essentially said, like, the UFC has unfettered power, um, over the sport of MMA, which they use to essentially dominate the sport. And that's, that's quite literally what a monopsony is. You know what I mean? I think it's, it's it's bad news for the UFC. There's no way. Now, granted, here's, you know, 
here's how you they've known this has been coming for for a minute um for sure because if you guys aren't aware the UFC says they can't they can't give angel angel they can't give any money they can't pay the UFC anymore they can't pay their fighters anymore but the UFC have been for the last year they've been paying lobbyists do you if you don't know what a lobbyist is or Politics in America is essentially broken. It's essentially legalized corruption. A lobbyist is somebody who goes, who's paid by a company to go talk to a politician and their teams to be like, hey, you should be doing things this way. Um, CUC's been paying lobbyists for the past year or so in advance of a potential court case moving forward. Uh, so expect like certain, certain people to have certain opinions about this in the coming months. Um, so I'll put it like that. The UC, the UC has not had money to pay their fighters, but it's been well known now. The UC has been paying lobbyists, so or multiple lobbyists. So yeah, there you go. But um, yeah, man. Admittedly, I don't want to say too much. I mean, what's but, the next major thing that's going to happen with this? Like, what is the next step? Like, what are we really waiting on to happen next, Josh? We're waiting for the for them to go to court, essentially, and that can happen very soon, or it can, you know. And what's delaying that? Just, I mean, I know I'm asking a lot here, but. Yeah, that's actually a good question. I believe nothing's delaying it because the UFC already the, – the whole reason why this got moved forward to a class action is because the UFC tried to dismiss the lawsuit. And that's where the federal judge came in, reviewed the case, and was like, yo. So this shit is going to federal court, Josh. Correct. It was a federal judge who, who ruled that and they for those, had – like and, the ballot class was valid anyway. And then for those who don't know, there's different levels of court. I mean there's there's what is it? It's like local – like local, state, state, federal, yeah. Local, state, and federal, and federal being the highest, right? Yeah, you never want to, you never want to deal with the feds, essentially. You never <laughs> want to. I, I think, every, I think everybody knows that, Josh. Well, I'm just saying, it's like it's a higher number. It's like a 99.6 percent conviction rate for the feds, like absurdly high, and that's bad news. Yeah, you know, so I mean, unless you're running for president, then you'll go up in the polls, and then it's, it's just, <laughs> oh, well, yeah. and then it's fucking, you know. Um, <laughs> Then you might be president again, you know. So, <laughs> but anyways, yeah, I mean they're 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 at the federal uh, level with this shit, so it's not looking good. But I mean, the only the only reason I want you to mention this so people understand like how serious this is. For the correct. Control. I can't. Yeah, I can't convey enough how bad this is for the UFC. Uh, even if the court, even if the court, they only have to pay out four hundred million dollars or five hundred million dollars, and again, we don't even know if that'll be the be the case. They don't even. They may not even have to pay out anything at all, but. The fact that they're moving forward in this federal this federal judge is like, dude, like your contracts make no fucking sense. Like, like it, it's it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a future problem for the UFC, regardless of how how long this goes. But uh, we will have to see, man. We'll have to see. I think that's all I all I can really say about it right now, as far as what I'm educated on and, and so on and so forth. But Angel, uh, Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson, uh, the goat. <laughs> Mighty Mouse, dude. He recently did a video with Henry Cejudo where they actually reacted to and talked about Bradley Martin continually trying to fight MMA fighters. And DJ said, I'm doing it. I'm actually going to do it. I'm going to fly. I- I'm busy right now. I'm on vacation, but I'm going to fly out to California and I'm going to grapple with Bradley Martin. We're going to have a grappling match. It, it, what, what's your reaction, Angel? How excited for you are for Demetrius uh, Johnson versus Bradley Martin? I'm just curious, man. I'm gonna, I'm just want to see what happens. I mean, I'm pretty sure I know what will happen. <laughs> I, 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 I will like give Bradley. I will defend Bradley a little bit. Yeah, he did, when I, I did go back and watch uh, the fight companion with 
uh, Brendan and our boy, uh, Ben the Bane Davis, you know, so, and then he, uh, I gotta give credit to Ben because he asked Bradley about this and it, it, it for Bradley, he's, it's more of a, you know, he does it kind of, kind of to get attention, you know, he said it, he fully admitted, it. you know, he does it for clicks, you know, cause he, that's more or less why he does it, you know, it's kind of become mm. kind of a thing that he does now. Uh, and they kind of discussed it a little bit on there. Uh, but I think like, I mean, there's a lot of good takes about this and people are giving a lot of good breakdowns. I mean, like Joe said, I mean, he, cause he asked, uh, uh, what's his name? His, uh, the co-host of, uh, Brendan on Fire and the Kid. I keep forgetting his uh, name. Oh, Brian Callen. Yes, Brian Callen, you know, like, Brian Callen asked Joe about it or mentioned it to Joe and that it was all going down and they're setting it up and everything. And Joe kind of gave his take and he's like, okay, so what are they doing? And he's like, well, and he's like, yeah, they got a, Mighty Matt's going to do it, you know? And he was like, oh, so they're going to fight. They're like, no, it's a grappling match. He's like, oh, all right. And he's like, yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, if it's a, if it's a grappling match, then yeah, Mighty has it in the bag. Granted though, if it was a street fight, uh, you know, Bradley is a big guy and has strength and he can, uh, throw Mighty. He could use, he can use the force of the ground to fuck up Mighty. So yeah, but if it was a street fight, it'd be a little different, but, unless, mm. unless Mighty fucks up, you know, like, it's, you know, we know what's gonna happen, you know what I mean? And, yeah. uh, also Joe mentioned something, dude, I didn't know this, but there was a, a Brazilian, what if he was a Brazilian MMA fighter, a Brazilian Jiu Jitsu practitioner who was a black belt, who fought a bodybuilder, and beat him. It's on YouTube, you can watch it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you're ever curious about that, I mean, there you go. I mean, that's a, you know, there's all these examples, guys. They're out there. You just need to find them, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Yeah. I mean, look, we've seen this happen many times. I mean, we've talked about it in the past whenever we talked about, you know, uh, who was it, Brandon Moreno versus, versus a um, NFL fighter. Like, we we brought the examples in the past of, of smaller guys beating up on bigger dudes. I think Mighty Mouse is probably going to tool them, but I'm excited to see it happen. You know, I'm excited to see how it goes regardless. Just because Bradley Martin talks about fighting everybody. So, um, yeah, it'll be fun. Uh, I'm down to have fun. It's stupid fun. Um, and admittedly, like, if they could have somehow found a way to do, like, a one championship fucking, like, actual fight, like, just fuck weight class, that would have been cool, but... Some pride uh, shit. Yeah, yeah, that, that was never really going to happen. I mean, Josh, I mean, if this was 20 years ago, we probably could have done it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably, but sadly we're not. You just gotta remember what they took from us. Right. You know? Pride never die! Pride never die. Never forget what they took from us, dude. Like, sometimes I go back and watch, like, old Pride events, and you'll see the fucking incredible intros, just the, the balls to the wall, just crazy fights. Everybody's on steroids, fuck it, you know. <laughs> and then, and then I go and I turn on the UFC, and it's just like, we're here at the UFC Apex with Seven fans in attendance for two for a card full of eighteen fighters from the Dana White Contender Series. Like I don't know if you also struggle with that sometimes, but I'm just like, damn, they really did take it from us, you know. And then and then we got John Anik. These two fighters have formally fought. <laughs> you know, some crazy John Anik. Some crazy sob story. It's just like, man, I I'd much rather just watch Nick Diaz high on fucking weed fighting talking over coming. You know what I mean? Right. But, uh, anyways, man, we do have to talk about, uh, we gotta give some respect, excuse me, to Bryce Hall. His angel, Bryce Hall, is a motherfucking fighter. Oh my god, uh, I kinda forgot about this, but I'm happy you mentioned it. Yeah, Bryce Hall, dude, uh, BKFC 48 last weekend. 
taking on G. Perez, gets a knockdown in the first 10 seconds. And then you can kind of see he had a big adrenaline dump, and he admitted afterwards as much. Uh, but in the end, he stayed in there, and uh, Doctor calls off the fight before round three. Bryce Hall, he's 0-1 as a YouTube boxer, but he's 1-0 against legitimate bare-knuckle boxers, man. What, what did you think about him getting the win? Major respect, man, major respect. And even after the fact, he talked about it, because I guess his opponent got hurt, Josh. I don't know if you read this or saw this. But uh, did you? By the way, I don't know if you did or didn't. Yeah, he hurt his shoulder. He hurt his shoulder, and he embraced afterwards. Said, "You know, I, I guys, I, I don't know if I, you know, would have won that if he didn't get hurt. You know, I'm gonna be honest with y'all. But you know, I, I got the win. But I mean, like, you know, it's there was a bit of luck, you know. And uh, a lot of people gave him praise for that, man. You know, obviously respect for him for saying that. And I've been like, yeah, I beat that motherfucker. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. sign me up again. Give me, give me the, give me the main event against Jeff Dodson next. You know what I mean? So. <laughs> You know, a lot of credit, a lot of respect for him there, and obviously credit for him for going in there and doing the bare knuckle shit, man. Because, uh, fuck, dude. I mean, if he told me bare knuckle or boxing, I fuck, dude. I'd rather do boxing than bare knuckle, personally. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I just think it's crazy. I think it's crazy that he stepped up and did this. I think it's even crazier that he fucking won. You know, right? Um, and admittedly, I mean, he said afterwards that like. If that if if G Perez could have continued, he would have lost that fight. He he said as much. You know. Um, he's just like, you know, I, I had like big adrenaline though. I'm not going to lie. Like I wasn't going to fuck him up. Like I, I got the knockdown, but I wasn't going to win. Like if that fight went the distance, like I was gassed. So it was very, very cool of him to admit that he got, he got cut up, but dude, like he's a fucking fighter. Like you can't, you can never take that away from Bryce Hall. And I saw some people were saying like the fight was rigged. It's just like, dude, like. Dude, every every YouTube boxing event is rigged. Every YouTuber in a fight is rigged. Every influencer in a fight is rigged. Everything uh, is rigged. Yeah. Josh, actually, real fights are rigged too. By the way, every every MMA fight you watch is rigged. You know what I mean? Like, does I'm, not, I'm not sure if it's because I'm on the, on the internet now more, or if I just notice it more. But is it just me, or is there like fifty percent? Like, there's like a fifty percent chance that any person you run into online is like severely mentally ill. Like just the like, everybody get us in trouble, bro. You no, I'm dead serious. You're though. on I mean, the loose like, today, bro. I'm not. No, no, I'm not even like. I'm just saying. Like, do you not also like? I feel like something's happened within the last couple of years to where like everybody's fucking crazy. Because you know that's 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 rigged, Angel. Every fight is rigged, and I know that you see it for every single fight. But also, Angel, have you seen that Hawaii? That why aren't the trees burning, Angel, in Hawaii? Oh my God. Stop, man. Look, other, my favorite one is still the Tyron one, Josh. How, uh, you know, they gave him the signal, man, and Tyron put his hand down, and, and, and Jake knocked Tyron Woodley out. He gave him the signal, then he got it. Yeah, dude, he, he caught, he, he put in, he put in the hit, he put in the call, and, and, and Tyron Woodley knew that whenever Jake Paul shook his left hand at, at minute 40, at minute fucking 18 of their boxing match, he knew he had to go down. You know, and if you've seen Tyron Woodley on Cobra Kai, you know that he has that acting ability. <laughs> oh my god, I forgot he was on Cobra Kai. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, I mean, come on, guys, but uh, yeah, Bryce Hall's a fucking fighter. He that was not rigged, but um, yeah, I forgot that fucker was on Cobra Kai. <laughs> Anyways, man, I think we should move on because Bellator 300 was announced. They've announced their not Josh. Yeah. Josh, you're telling me Sensei Odell would would take a dive? Sensei Odell would never do that. Sensei Odell would never. <laughs> Dude, I fucking, 
Anyways, man. Anyways. Um, strike first, strike hard. No mercy. No mercy. Yeah. Uh, I gotta, I gotta watch Cobra Kai, man. I really do. Yeah, um, I'll, I'll tell you this. First two seasons were great because they were only on YouTube. Season three and four were, I'd say, all right. I mean, they're still good, man. I, they, they still have uh, very good stuff to them. They, they still kept a lot of that uh, old Karate Kid feel to them. You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah, man. But uh. Yeah, I think we should probably go ahead and, and, and move on because we are we got only got a couple more things to wrap up with. And one of those is Bellator 300. Uh, we've known for a while that Bellator is potentially on, on death's door. Scott Cooker has denied that Bellator 300 will be the final event, but, like, it looks like Bellator 300 is going to be the final event. Um, four title fights have been announced for Bellator 300. Ryan Bader, Linton Vassell in the main event. Chris Cyborg, Kat Zingano, Usman Nurmagomedov, on Brent Primus, Liz Carmouche, Alimale McFarlane. Uh, their biggest names, four title fights. Even the, the, even the promotional material says it all ends here. Uh, it seems like Bellator 300 is going to be their final event. What's your kind of reaction to a lot of the, these fight announcements and also their promotional stuff? I mean the fight is. I mean the card is good so far, right? I mean, I mean, you're still yet to add more to it. Fuck, are we gonna be? Are, would you be surprised if they added another fight to it? No, I would not. Not at all. And uh, that's gonna be the start of October too, which you know something I didn't think about, but that we should look up at some point. At what time the PFL is gonna end? You know, like around what time they're gonna have their night of champions? You know what I mean? Well, this is the first round of the first round of the playoffs is going down this weekend. Yeah, for. Those weight classes, because I think they already did that for their other weight classes. Yeah. So, I'm looking at it now. It should almost be around that time, Josh, when they have their Night of Champions. So, I don't know. You know what I mean? Kind of curious, right? And look, I mean, shit, Bellator could still add another championship fight to this if they wanted to. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're telling me we can't make a... A patchy mix in there, man. We can't have Pettis versus patchy mix that night, you know. No, you're not wrong, man. There's definitely other fights, other big names that I expect to get on here. Yeah, but, no, no Pitbull, sadly, right? I mean, he's dealing with an injury, but I mean, look, I, I just don't know how this whole Bellator PFL thing's gonna work. I mean, that's just kind of what I'm curious about, right? Because it's gonna be like they just own Bellator, and Bellator still kind of doesn't necessarily do their own thing, but PFL now has influence and can use their fighters and. Maybe they'll bring, like, some seasons they'll pull some Bellator fighters and bring them into the tournament style, you know? Or, like, what what Mm -hmm. exactly are they going to do? You know, that's the big question. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think, think ideally, they'll do what we've talked about, which would be they they stop doing the PFL fucking... They they stop just doing the tournament. I don't think anybody really cares. I don't want to say cares. Obviously, the fighters care, but I don't. I mean, I don't personally get any interest from it. I think it was a cool gimmick for, like, a year or two, but they've clearly not found as much success as they, they had hoped. So we'll have to see. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that this Belfort 300 card is going to be a banger of an event. Hopefully it's not the last one, man. I, but if they do go out with Belfort 300, I mean, that's, per- that's fucking... They go, they're going out with the bang, man. Yeah, and, the, and that's perfect. I mean, as, as, you know... And like I said, they're still yet to add more fights to it. Exactly. By the way, that could be a very fucking long night of fights. Oh, it will be, yeah. 
Here's something I, I'm curious. We're live right now. I'm curious to see what UFC event lands on that night. Um, what's the date exactly again for that, uh, military card? 10-7-23. Um, that night is UFC fight night. <laughs> At the moment, uh, they have Drew Dober versus Rick Glenn and Chrissy Terry's Winters Montel Jackson. So I'm pretty sure they're still searching for a main event in Kome for that. I would assume Damn. so. So it's pretty far out. It's not a pay-per-view. So we know that. And then before that is for Zeb Gamron. So that is what, I just want to get kind of an idea around what's going to happen around that time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Fair enough. Fair enough. But, uh, yeah, it should be a fun night, and I'm very excited for Bowser 300. Uh, we do have two last quick things to wrap up with. Um, we joked about it, but it – it's the Angel. I have bad news. I know that you were really looking forward to it. I know that you really thought it was going to happen. But it looks like Elon Musk and Mark Zuckerberg will not be fighting on X videos. I'm afraid to inform you. They, they'll, they'll be yeah. fighting on Rumble. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, they're fighting on Meta instead. No, I'm just kidding. They're not going to be no, fighting but, uh, at all, actually. Yeah. Jokes aside, yeah, they're not going to be fighting. Essentially, they've just been going back and forth. And Elon's clearly ducking him, um, but he's saying he's not, and, you know, it is what it is. Uh, I, I, I am a little disappointed, man. I, I really, if Dana would have actually got this in a Roman Coliseum or whatever or some shit like that, that would have been so hype. Like, I actually would have been down. Like, look, would it have been, like, a very good fight? Probably not. Actually, most definitely would not have been. No. But I would have <laughs> been interested. I mean, the buildup would have been there. The, what is it called? The scenery. It would have attracted me, but it just it didn't end up happening, man. I'm a, I'm a bit disappointed. Yeah. Well, you know what? I so they wanted to do it for charity too, which was another awesome thing. Yeah. And now, no charity's gonna receive a lot of money, which is kind of heartbreaking. But we we knew that you. Let's be honest, dude. We knew that as somebody who's like, admittedly a uh, a Tesla kind of fanboy. You know, I've I've Tesla. I've always wanted one. You try to curiosity. You know, the self driving shit. It's kind of cool. But even then, like anybody who knows anything about Tesla or any, anything about Elon Musk, uh, overpromises and under delivers. He was never gonna fight Mark Zuckerberg. And also, dude, like, I don't think, I don't think Elon Musk realizes the danger that he'd be in with a fight market. Cause Elon Musk is a troll and I'm sure he hates Mark Zuckerberg. But Mark Zuckerberg is fucking John DuPont 2.0 right now, dude. Like he's, <laughs> he's creating Team Fox Catcher, okay? <laughs> He's bringing in the fucking the greatest fighters on the planet solely as a billionaire, and he's trying to get really, really good. He does not, dude. Elon Musk, Mark Zuckerberg will fucking kill you, dog. Stop trying to fuck with him. Stop he, trying to fight him, man. You know what uh, breaks my heart? There's no other really rich guy who would fight Mark Zuckerberg that would like give any interest to him. I mean, like, yeah. I mean, I'll do Jeff Bezos. I mean, that'd be sick. But, you know, Jeff's on the Saw Zool, so I don't think we can make that happen. No. You know what, though, Angel? I'll, I'll go ahead and say it. If they're looking for somebody to, fire, to fight Mark Zuckerberg, I'm putting my hand up right now. All right, I'll do it. <laughs> I, there's, I'll do it. I'll be the guy. If, they want, if, if Mark Zuckerberg wants a fight and Elon Musk won't fight him, you know, I'll do it. Why not? I'll be the guy. I'll step forward. I'll, I'll fight the... I'll fight, I'll fight fucking the leader of Team Pop Foxcatcher, man. I'll do it. 
I mean, jokes aside, I do think that uh, he will fight somebody at some point. I think there's too much money involved. And he seems to be actually want to fight you. He seems to want to do the CM Punk thing. I think I think he could uh, have a CM Punk type thing. They should make him just fight CM Punk, dude. They should have tried to convince CM Punk come back for one more, bro. Come on. Fuck it, dude. Why not? Well, like CM Punk didn't have the training, and they're kind of close in age, right? Yeah, I think Punk's like forty, forty something, and uh, Mark Zuckerberg's almost forty. So yeah, CM Punk is forty four. And Mark yeah. Zuckerberg is, let me figure it out real quick here, is 39. I mean, they're only four years apart. They probably have relatively the same experience. I think Mark Zuckerberg is also a blue belt in jiu-jitsu, so is CM Punk. Dude, uh, I think I think we just cracked the code here. We did, didn't we? I think they got a book, CM Punk versus Mark Zuckerberg. We, got, we, we cracked the Da Vinci Code, dude. Yeah, if, if Elon Musk can't find his balls... And he's not gonna step in and fight fight the lizard man. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna have to bring CM Punk back to the UFC to make it happen. Dude, Fuck dude. it, Punk would make so much money too from that. I'd hope. Dude, I I just I don't know if I could tolerate if Punk would lose though. I don't think I'd be able to take it. I think he'd probably win though. Maybe, I, just, I, I, I think Punk look, would probably beat up Mark Zuckerberg. And look, if we can't do that one, we got Matt Riddle. <laughs> dude, you're fucking dude. Matt Riddle would fucking kill him. Well, Matt Riddle hasn't fought in a fight some long time, too. You know, so yeah. Granted, though, I, he would probably perform very well. I and Matt Riddle is also 37, so they're still close in age. So I mean, I I, I don't know. You know, I'm just you know putting jokes out there, man. I don't I don't really think any of these are gonna probably happen. And also, Mark Zuckerberg is like five seven, and Matt Riddle is like six two. So mm-hmm. I realized how how short the Zuck was. Yeah, the Zuck is quite a short dude. I mean, look, I'm five seven. I'm five seven myself, man. I get it. Um, I'm 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 five. I'm five. I'm five nine. So you know, I'm not I'm not killing this shit. You, you didn't want to say five ten. <laughs> you know, you I was gonna. Say- you know what's funny is I was gonna do the joke because I've made this joke, but I probably made this joke before on the show, so I didn't want to do it again. It was just like you know, I'm I'm five ten for sure. You know, I'm one hundred percent. Um, just don't, please don't, no, get, get, get I, the measure. I, I, I do it too. That's what I called you out on it. Yeah, I was going to, because 5'10", I've made this joke before, but like 5'10 is the fakest, the Josh, fakest Josh is like on 5'9 and three quarters. Yeah, exactly, right? Like 5, I can tell you as a guy who's 5'9". 5'10, there's no motherfucker who's ever existed that's actually 5'10". Nobody, <laughs> there's never been anybody that's actually 5'10". Anybody who says they're 5'10", you pull that motherfucker out, I guarantee you they're like 5'8 and 3 quarters. Like, I'm just saying. Like, it's the fakest, uh, if you want to seem, like, mild, if you don't want to seem short, you say 5'10", and you just hope nobody calls you on it. <laughs> like, no one's in no, right? Like, there's no way anybody can figure it out. Yeah, so, the fu- if you ever hear a guy say that he's 5'10", just know that he's full of shit. I'm actually 5'10", though, so it's all right. Um... <laughs> But, uh, anyways, man, uh, last bit of news. Fyodor Emelianenko. Yes, the last emperor. Retired earlier this year after a loss to Ryan Bader at Bellator 290. Early stoppage. Jeez, no, please stop. (laughs) Uh, but, (laughs) but, uh, yeah, man, he's been, he retired earlier this year. He said that, uh, he's not, he doesn't want to come back to MMA, but, he will be down for boxing. In fact, he said that he wants to box 
Mike Tyson as his debut boxing match. Now, to be fair, Mike never responded to the call-out. I don't think he'll want to do it. However, Roy Jones Jr. did come out and say, hey, buddy, we're both Russian. Why don't you and I fight? Uh, yeah, Angel, I forgot. down Roy... for Roy Jones versus Fedor? You know, it's funny. They could even make that fight in Russia, too, because Roy has a Russian citizenship. I forgot about that. Exactly, yeah. Shit, that'd be like Fedor's dream right there. Right? I mean, look, I'm down. If they're both down, I'm down. If two guys want to fight, I'm always I'm DTF. That's how I feel about it, too. If two dudes want to fight and they're both around the same – because, like, Fedor and, and and Roy are both, like, up the their only, age. The only guy I don't want to see – I'm not down to fight right now to see fight is uh, Big Fitzilla. So. <laughs> That's the only guy I'm definitely not DTF down for. Yeah, I, I'm in complete agreement with you there. As long as it's not our boy Bigfoot, I'm, I'm down to see just about anybody fight, you know. Um, yeah, man. Uh Fedor versus Roy, book it, fuck it. Do, the, do that shit in Russia. You know, I don't see why not. I did think it was funny, though, because Roy's reasoning was like, you know, we're, we're, both, we're both Russian citizens, you know, me and him. We're both, we're both Russian, you know. Like, <laughs> he's got dual citizenship, so it's like, fuck it. You know what? Good for you, Roy. Like, do it, dude. Um, I, I, I don't think Mike will want to do it. And besides, Mike is busy training uh, Frank Zagato. But that's what, that's what he said, though, just to... Uh, Fedor said that the reason why he wanted to fight him is he wanted to fight Mike Tyson in the co-main event of Tyson Fury versus Francis Ngannou. Damn, that would have been sick. That would have been very sick, but I don't think it's going to happen. And I think if, and plus Roy Jones said that he'd fight him, and I think in Russia, maybe in like, because Fedor never really got his Russian retirement. That's that's the kind of thing that people forget. He's supposed to fight in the Red Square. In Bellator for his final fight, but because of the Russia-Ukraine war... You know Bellator I know someone who will fight Fedor? You know someone who will box Fedor there? Who? Let's go, champ! Let's go, bat! Dude, champ. no, 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 Let's go, champ! <laughs> Let's no, go. no, By please. the way, he's been, like, silent. I haven't heard anything out of Shannon McKinnon in, like, forever. The last thing, actually, I just remember, the last thing I remember Shannon McKinnon when he, is he did that, uh... Like, fight where he was, like, in a shirt together with fucking Hampage. Mm-hmm. Right? Is that what he did? Oh no, that was Rampage and someone else, right? No, that was uh Hampage and what's his name? Uh Bob Sapp. Did he do that with Bob Sapp? I can't even remember who he did that with. But Rampage did like a, a like a yeah. fight circus thing with someone else. It was it was with Bob Sapp, yeah. It was with Bob Sapp. But no, I haven't heard of Shannon the Cannon in, in a while. I just thought about that. So so go check him, shit. <laughs> He's never been quiet this long. No, it's just, just no, no cap. Well, Anyways, man, yeah, I think, uh, I think, here's what I think we should do. Fedor, Emelianenko versus Roy Jones Jr. in the Red Square in Moscow, Russia. Fuck it. Bellator said they wanted to do Fedor for his final fight in the Red Square, and if you haven't looked at the Red Square, look it up. It's, you'll know, you know, you'll know it once you see it. It's, it's like very well known architecture in Moscow. Uh, it's like just a big, massive red castle. They wanted to stage the fight outside, but they couldn't do it. I don't see why why they can't do Fatal versus Roy in Russia at the Red Square. I think that'd be fucking badass. But that's just me. Why are you getting me hyped up for something I know I'm not going to get, Josh? I know that's the problem. I'm really good at hyping. I'm getting. I'm really good at you know building fights. I'm just so, so fucking mm, goddamn. It's right. But uh, <laughs> anyways, man. Yeah, that's all we got, man. Any closing thoughts before we go ahead and uh, bounce out of here? No, man. I think that's it. I'm just excited. To- come back at the results of this pay-per-view 
And and I feel like I should be more excited, but I'm not, man. I'm, I don't have like those full fight jitters yet, but I know I'll get them. Mm-hmm. For sure, man. For sure. And uh, I'm I'm very excited personally. And hope you guys enjoy the show, man. Um, I'm at Josh Shimanoff on Twitter. He's at Angel Ortega underscore O one. At Courtside Sound for all things related to the show. Eleven, uh, excuse me, eleven hundred subscribers. We've been growing every day, and we appreciate you guys so much for that. And I uh, hope you guys enjoy the show this week. Peace and butt grease. Mouse click. <laughs>